Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, we're going to be talking with Ernie Bailey, Rob Raspberry, and Scott Tyner, and we're going to be talking about the ever-changing uh, aspect of the IT, AV, support desk, and the shuffling that goes on with that. All that and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 79, The Reshuffle. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. This is EdTech, the Higher Ed Monthly Podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell. This month, I'm joined by Ernie Bailey. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Good to hear you. Uh, also, Rob Raspberry. How are you, sir? Great. Thanks for having me again. Of course. And of course, Mr. Scott Tyner. How are you, sir? Hey, Bill. I'm doing well. It's always great to be here. Yay. So, our first article comes to us from uh, AV Network, uh, or sorry, actually AV Technology uh, Magazine, uh, brought to us by uh, a, a awesome writer and colleague uh, by the name of uh, Margot Diwali. But anyway, uh, it covers uh, Boston University's Learning and Event Technology Services, or LETS. And if you actually read through on the article and everything, it talks about how um, they've actually gone and started to merge together the AV and IT uh, services folks and everything, as well as what they, uh, what they plan to do internally versus externally and things like that. And um, it's one of those things that if you're in the higher ed tech world and everything, it's, um, it's something that's been going on for a while. There's been the, there's always been the AV folks. There's always been the IT folks. We've kind of talked about this back and forth and everything, but, but it looks a bit, uh, BU is actually going and actually kind of merging the stuff together and everything. And uh, before the podcast started, you know, we were kind of talking about these things and uh, Ernie was actually going over uh, a couple of steps. So Ernie, you want to talk to us a little bit about um, what some of the things you guys have planned? Okay. Well, like I said, this looks a lot like what we're, we've been discussing over the last few weeks. I've been asked to present a plan on where we would like to take our group. I've got, several people about ready to retire on my team over the next few months. And we're looking at kind of restructuring as we do it, looking at the different types of people we want to bring in. We're doing a much reduced version of what they're talking about right now. We have, we do the planning, the design integration, mostly in house. Uh, we, we do live event support. We we're part of it. We do the workstation support for the classroom computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of what they're talking about here, we're doing, and we're talking about how we can expand it. And, you know, I've got maybe one person who specializes in three or four different areas. I'd like to get one person for, you know, each of these areas. So we're not just doing it, but we're doing it right. And mm-hmm. we're doing it great. Mm-hmm. You know, not just good, but great. Doing it professionally. And uh, as I said, as we were talking beforehand, it. I really think that everyone on my team read this article before we had our meeting last week, but I know no one did. (laughs) We we are going to all read it and go over it over the next few days. I'm going to present it to my boss in front of the proposal that he's asked me to present by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so he knows that, you know, we're not just 
going off in a strange direction. We're, do, we're looking at what other people are doing, and we're trying to uh, do similar things, and this is a, a trend. Yeah, the, as I say, I guess the, the big question is, um, is it more cross, as I say, is it more cross training or is it more in the realm of, uh, listen, these are kind of like the basics you need to know on, on these things. It's, it's, it's a little a mix of both and everything, but yeah. Um, going for going forward, how do you guys see, see some of these things going? Like it obviously with us, we have a, uh, help desk for regular IT support and everything. And then we have a separate help desk for the AV folks. Now, totally. now for you guys, do the IT folks know, like, you know, is there ones where they go, Oh, actually that's really more of an IT issue or that's more of a user user support issue. Um, you know what, we'll move, we'll put in a ticket, but we'll shift it over to the user services folks versus, Oh, that's actual classroom technology support or that's, you know, that's, that's, um, that's room based. That's a room based issue. That's not, you know, Oh, someone's login isn't quite working. Okay. Well, you know, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, we do that in that, uh, our two help desks do talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I mentioned this maybe before you came on, but we, uh, were reorganized this week. (laughs) So, and my boss now traded one of the groups he had, Mm -hmm for the main IT help desk. Oh. So that's under him as well as my help desk. So Is there any possibility we'll of future you, draft picks? But that's possible. <laughs> uh, we're actually talking about uh, using some of their people to cross-train our team in better remote mm-hmm. workstation support. Ah. So when we're dealing with the classrooms, we don't have to send a classroom tech mm-hmm over uh, to the our classroom request over to the main IT help desk. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, we could, we could do the preliminary stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if someone does call and they can't get their login to work, yes, we will send that over there. Or if they're having a, an, an issue in their office, but if it's in the classroom, we would be able to do it. We try to do it now, but I'd like to see even less and less of having to turn that over. You know, that just takes up time from faculty. Of course. Scott, do you guys have, it's kind of see you not in your head and everything. Is you guys going down the similar path or have you already hit the Shangri-La of like, no, 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 this has already been put together and melded. Uh, we're, uh, we're somewhat close. So a couple years ago, uh, three years ago, let's say, um, we had just like we had some retirements some things changed. And so my role changed in that I, I oversee what was the IT help desk. I still oversee what we used to call classroom technology who did have their own help desk. We've merged those now so that there is not a separate number for classroom technology. If people mm-hmm. have to call, they call our IT help desk. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's some things had to change about that with phone being answered and it just used to not get answered. Now it's getting answered. Um, we also have our help buttons on our touch panel. So calls for classroom emergencies don't often come in, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a single help desk. We meet as a group, as, uh, we have our, our huddles every uh, two days a week. So we get together, we meet together. We're struggling a little bit still in some of the um, people being able to do each other's jobs. And I, I struggle some of that. And I think we, I'm curious here, everybody would, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, programming, design, and even support of AV systems is a pretty unique thing, just as being able to troubleshoot a computer is a pretty unique thing. But we're trying to get our uh, classroom tech guys to be able to 
replace a computer, image a computer, install software on a computer if it's missing for some reason. Um, and all about getting that classroom back up and running as quick as possible. Um, so we're, we're getting closer. Yeah, th there are certain things. Uh, in our case, um, we have our we do have our AV um, help desk, and there is a user support or um, uh, you know the basic IT help desk and everything. Um, the big things that we it was kind of a back and forth uh, for us. It used to be well here we'll give the uh, um, the IT and the student helpers. Oh, you guys have to go and replace a PC. Uh, you know what? Here's the keys to the back of the to the uh, back of the desk or the podium and everything. And you know, here you guys will go and start to swap it out and everything. Um, however, due to the fact that uh, I don't I don't know if you guys have dealt with this problem, but every now and then faculty like to be like, oh no, I I know what the problem is and kind of get their hands in the back, so we had to seal everything up. Um, now, now it's gotten down to the point where we're in they're in clamping rack shelves and. We literally just told the students, you know what, guys, we'll just take care of it ourselves. It's not a big deal. It's just one of those make life easier kind of things. Um, Rob, for you guys, uh, obviously, I know you handle things a little bit more also on the on the production side of things. Um, but uh, have you seen like a similar move on your campus? Um, since we have a, a few more silos, not so much. I, I think with the big uh push as far as bringing your own device mm -hmm. that sort of keeps uh some of this separate so that when my guys go out mm -hmm. and they're troubleshooting an issue with a projector or a touch panel or something like that it rarely crosses over into imaging or software mm -hmm. or an issue with office 365 or something like that so those two worlds rarely merge simply because we're sort of moving towards that byod mm -hmm. uh, model um, you know, that being said, you know, tickets come in to help desk, they see, oh, there's something wrong in the classroom, mm -hmm. and they put it over in our queue. But in general, people know how to respond to our queue. So most of those uh, requests or troubleshooting requests that come in, come into my classroom technology group versus to the general IT help desk. Now, we do work in synergy. We mm -hmm. do help each other. There are things that obviously cross over as an example when something goes wrong in a president's conference room or yeah. during a trustee meeting or one of the big things everybody works together you know basically at the same time to make to ensure that yeah executive level support so oh, yeah. if you've mentioned like just going back for a second when you say you have more byod stuff is that because the classrooms are more um you know, here's a connection for your laptop or here's a setup for like your iPad or do you guys have like, uh, say, WebEx Share or Solstice or AirMedia, you know, the, the pick your flavor of wireless collaboration um, or is it? So, I mean, at this point, it's still pretty basic stuff, bringing your laptop or your mm -hmm. iPad and have an adapter, hook mm -hmm. it up into the system and pretty much go. But yeah, we are trying to get more into the wireless collaboration. Um, you know, we have some places on campus that use the Synapse um, a platform from Wolf Vision, which is very, very nice. And then there mm. is some solstice in there. Mm. Uh, there's not really a whole, you know, uh, I guess consensus on which platform to, uh, you know, completely go with. But I think as the, you know, the instructors and the faculty get younger, mm -hmm. they have more technical knowledge. They like to just bring in their thing, plug mm -hmm. it in. They don't want to load up a PowerPoint or any kind of classroom material on a, on a lectern or a podium in, in a classroom. They want to bring in their stuff, plug it in, and they want to go. 
And and I think that's been um, a big push that seems to, you know, gain ground on our campus. Yeah, for us, it's been, um, it took us a little while to get solstice on the ground. Um, It's gotten better. Um, And there's been like little setbacks here and there. uh, But it's been one of those things of like, we've had to note things with the IT, with the, uh, um, uh, specifically the user services folks and everything. Um, You know, in in terms of like, uh, a lot of our students like to use uh, Mac and everything, which has its own stuff. But um, recently, they got a license with WebEx, and with that, they suddenly said, oh, we're going to go with WebEx hardware for everything. And I'm like, everything, everything? They went, yes. And I'm like, does that include the collaboration? They're like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to hear. We're going to have the WebEx share units. And I'm like, okay. So we weren't originally went from having one platform to now we have two platforms. And it's a matter of really, at this point, it boils down to the, the CIO looking at like which is which is more cost effective. Um, me, I simply just look and say, listen, as long as there is an easy, you know, the, the push button app and everything, I'm good. Uh, currently, if you look on the Google App Store, there's three different WebEx apps. So it's one of those ones where I look and I say, yeah, this is gonna take a little bit of time. But yeah, it, it is what it is on those things. Yeah, you were talking about the buy-in for wireless. We were, we were putting wireless uh, gateways in all of our classrooms mm-hmm. and not getting much use of them and mm-hmm. trying to debate whether we really need it or not. We figured, you know, at some point it's going to take off. Mm-hmm. Well, we just redid the uh, chancellor's uh, boardroom where all the deans come in to meet with the chancellor and his cabinet and all that. And we put uh, an air media in there. Mm-hmm. And we taught him how to use it. And he came in and he connected wirelessly and said, look what we can do now. He had, he had me and my uh, lead installer standing in the room and he was meeting and sh- demonstrating this to all of the deans and the vice chancellors <laughs> and all that. Well, now I'm getting calls from all the course directors. Our dean wants to know why we can't present wirelessly in the classroom. Our answer is come in and we'll show you how to do it. <laughs> and now everybody's wanting to do it so for us it turned into um once one of the deans uh got a hold of got a hold of one of the units and anything she thought it was the greatest thing ever um she's now put it in at least three or four of their graduate spaces and eventually she put one in her office for a shocker and um it's all going well it's the, the nicer thing is, uh, at least with Solstice, and I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain some of the other platforms already have this, um, we actually were able to get uh, Kepler up and running, to which um, a number of, the, a number of the, 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 well, the capital plans or construction folks uh, suddenly got interested because they went, oh, really? Like, you, how can you, what stuff can you track on that? And I said, well, you know, it's not telling you what's, what content's being put up there so much as you have the metrics for uh, how long the rooms are being used, uh, what type of OS is, um, and, you know, how, like, you know, how many folks are actually logging into the devices and everything. I said, it's, it's essentially like, you know, uh, like a people tracker kind of thing. And they said, oh. And so uh, eventually they're going to, you know, start looking at some of the long-term data because um, it goes back to their space utilization and everything, which for them is, you know, kind of, you know, how, how, um, how efficient is our campus and everything. 
But that's, as I say, once again, those are things that are many, many levels above my pay grade. Um, anyways, so after that, we have, uh, uh, if, you, if you didn't, if you weren't aware, uh, this past week, there was uh, Educause, which was held out in Chicago. Uh, it is more IT focused rather than, uh, say, Infocom or CCUMC. Um, me personally, out of all three, I prefer CCUMC. However, just the stars never really seem to align for me in terms of attendance. And, uh, you know, kind of key leadership folks usually tend, to, usually tend to go to. Now, the article itself uh, kind of covered how... Um, what some of the folks should be looking to mostly because certain things are starting to move to the cloud. Once again, you know, and that for me is a kind of a generalized term because when folks say, Oh, we're moving to the cloud. Well, there's the private cloud and then there's the public cloud. Um, as I say, Ernie, and you can, you know, agree or disagree. Um, our folks have said, Oh yeah, we're on the cloud. And then I take a look deeper and it's like, well, it's our private yeah. cloud. It's, 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 and, and as I say, in your case, I would almost guarantee it's a private cloud because, yeah, yeah the, the one, as I say, if you're not aware, Ernie, uh, as I say, uh, um, where Ernie's at, the, the magical words of HIPAA uh, compliance come into play so yes. quickly. <laughs> that is right. Uh, you know, when, when FERPA is secondary yes. in an educational institution, you, you know you've got security, issue, security yeah. going on there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I like the thing I read not long ago, you know, the cloud is just someone else's computer. Yeah. You know, that's really all it is. You know, it, it may be down the hall, it may be in the next building over, mm -hmm. or it may be floating on a barge in the Pacific. Could be. Uh, could be in a, uh, well, as I say, I was, was going to say, it could be in a hardened bunker somewhere, but I'm like, yeah. uh, that's the old DOD days. Uh, Amazon Web Services simply, uh, simply just goes yeah. and says, yeah, no one's getting to this. Or, you know, it could be in their warehouse that's, uh, over in Edison, New Jersey, up in the uh, up in the um, uh, up on their second floor. Um, fun story on that one. Uh, many moons ago, when I used to actually work for um, an integrator, we would be doing stuff for uh, Bloomberg, and Bloomberg had an interesting setup for some of their sites. Uh, this one that I went to, it was uh, part day trading floor, um, part printmaking shop. And then the top half of the portion was uh, a data center. And, um, you know, someone like me uh, had pretty much access to everything. And I'm going, hmm, this is, this is uh, top security of the world. Keep in mind, this was also around 2005, 2006. So thing, certain things were, were still, uh, um, you know, hadn't gotten locked down. And on top of that, back then, uh, Tamburg was, uh, um, you know, Tamburg still had uh, uh, cameras that were about as big as my head. Anyway, um, rolling this back. So some of these things are kind of more straightforward, um, at least on the IT side about some of these things. Um, the way this relates back to AV and everything else and, and tech in the classroom is, um, at least for us, uh, some of our shift has been towards um, getting folks to go on, at least on this campus, going onto OneDrive or um, get, giving every student, say, like a Dropbox account or at least, you know, whatever the equivalent uh, file storage is. Um, Scott or, or Rob, I am going to ask you guys, like, has, as I say, has that been one of the shifts for you guys or that's been... Uh, once again, I know this is one of those just 
side bits, but it is kind of like, it does affect how we store our data and also more specifically, you know, how we share, how we share our, our, um, our data with, uh, with our colleagues and everything. It's kind of just like, like what? <laughs> no, we've definitely uh, moved in that direction. We're a, a Google campus. Mm -hmm. uh, we've recently implemented two-factor authentication, and mm -hmm. we're going and telling people now, use, use uh, your Google Drive and Google Drive file stream like you would um, on-campus servers. Now, do you guys use Google? Do you guys use the Google Authenticator as well then? Or do you guys use a third party? We use a, we use Duo for two-factor oh, uh, that seems to be the, the route everyone went. Yeah, it, it sure is. So we do that. And then even in our classrooms, I mean, we, we do, when we do class capture recording, that gets sent off to a cloud service. We don't, we don't put that here on campus. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the important thing about this article that we need to think about and, and, and talk about as um, technology people on our campus is that cost-benefit analysis. Yes. And really doing a real study of it. Um, and then when... We talk to our IT departments, which I, I'm in, helping convince people that we're, it's not going to get rid of your job because I think that's a big, uh, a big thing that people are worried about. Um, but it just, it, in many ways, in my experience, it, it makes things, um, it, it improves things quicker and, and makes the work uh, easier to do. So the counter argument I have to that is, um, in some cases, you know, there are certain tech things that it's like, oh, it'll make life easier. Um, so for example, for us, um, we have some folks on campus who, um, do a lot of hospitality services and things of that nature, and they are trying to make it more enticing to come to some of their meeting rooms and everything. And I said, Oh, you know what? I know something, something that'll get us all, that'll get folks, uh, brought in. I'm like, Oh, you know, what were you guys thinking? We want to do web conferencing and video conferencing in any of the meeting and breakout rooms. And I just kind of looked at the guys for a minute and I'm like, do you guys, have you guys ever done these things or anything? Well, no, but that's like the new, the, the new thing. Like, you know, can't we just get like a webcam and go? And I'm like, I'm like, yes and no guys. I was like, you, you, I was like, I was like, if you want to go down this route, you can, but you're all are going to need to take some serious, like you're going to need to take some serious training. Cause it's not just a phone call. Like, you know, it's not just like picking up a phone. Here you go. Um, I said, you know, in a grand scheme of things, there's going to be someone who literally is like scheduling phone calls. Like th there's like a whole, like you have to schedule it out. You have to set the time. There's a time for when folks do the connections and everything else. I said, you know, we used to, I used to do this on like the mother of all systems and uh, it's still a back and forth right now with them, but they're like, Oh, but, but it's, you know, that everything's supposed to be connected and you know, we should be able to, you know, have meetings anywhere and this and that. And I said, okay. I said, guys, Here's the beauty of all that. Um, technically, I could do that all from my laptop. Um, you know, all of this is, you know, literally we're on like one of the best examples of this is that I was like, most of this stuff has gone to software based and it's all kind of desktop based. I said, you know, I get it. If you want to have a big meeting and save time and everything, but I'm like, it's, it, there's good ideas and then there's the actual implementation of it, which, you know, kind of goes back to, um, you know, is this worth the cost? Is this worth, you know, is, or is it just a, Ooh, look at all the cool stuff we have. Um, you know, it, it's the, it, when we end up doing our cost analysis stuff, we end up putting it into two categories and that is um, absolutely necessary or nice to have. And um, I'm sure each of you guys have had some folks who are like, Oh, it'd be nice if we could do this. And it's like, yeah. And the actual implementation of it, that's going to be a, 
big old pain in the butt. Um, uh, Scott, actually, I have a question for you. When you guys were starting to do your lecture capture, was there a nice to have versus we absolutely must have, or was there, well, this is just the whole package? Um, I think there, there were some features in lecture capture that we talked about. Um, one of the big struggles we had at first with lecture capture was what are you capturing with a camera? The mm -hmm. front of the room's big. The professor wants to move around. They, they're still using blackboards. Are you, are you zooming in on that? Um, and then the, then the ability of how quickly can I have access to the recording? How mm -hmm. quickly can I share that recording? Um, I think that the, the, the important thing that you pointed out that it is a struggle that we all have though, is this idea of, and I think of Zoom and I, and I love Zoom and this is a great product, but Zoom does this, right? This, oh, look, you walk into a room and everything just starts up. It's like, yeah, but somebody set it up to do that. Somebody programmed yeah. a room, somebody invited the attendees, somebody like- Somebody scheduled it all. Yeah, like there's not some unknown computer in the room that just knew somehow read your brain as to who you wanted to call that day. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, there there are certain things that um, from from a perspective of it just works. It's like yes, it's because someone on the back end did all this this amount of programming. Um, the big one the the big one that we're dealing with right now is we have a three way divisible uh, ballroom, and originally the same hospitality folks were like, oh, we won't be able to plug in anywhere and do this and that. And our programmer was kind of going nuts because he was like starting to go and make faders on the, on the touch panel and everything and do everything in real time and this and that. And eventually I just looked at him and I said, you know, these guys are just plug and play, right? And he goes, yeah. Why don't you just make it an auto mixer? Just, they plug it in, it levels it out. You have one volume control for like, you know, each sectioned off room or so. And you just set it from there. And he goes, oh yeah. Cause like I said, we want to, we want to improve all this stuff we want to make it just go but at the same time it's how far deep into the weeds do you want to go with that stuff um yeah anyways uh that's as i say that's it about on time for us and everything uh mr mr ernie bailey where can find folks for can the fine folks find you at you can tell i've not had my coffee today uh you can find me on linkedin there you, there you go uh mr tyner where can they find you at uh, you can find me on, on Twitter at F Tyner or uh, LinkedIn as well. Oh, there we go. And Mr. Rob Raspberry, where can they find the fine folks at? Oh, the always accessible LinkedIn is the best oh. place. Oh, there you go. Uh, I'm Bill O'Donnell. You can happily find me on LinkedIn um, where I'm probably taking a now LinkedIn learning course of some sort because they've now also absorbed Linda or Linda.com. Anyways. I'm Bill O'Donnell. This, once again, has been a monthly higher ed tech podcast known as EdTech. EdTech is part of AV Nation. 